0: I'm not very rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I was just like sitting on the back of a tour bus with, you know, my sewing kit trying to sort of mend trousers. my trousers from the from the night before.
1: Listening to Sapnin' Podcast.
2: Sapnin'! Sapnin! You are listening to episode 240 of Sapnin Podcast, featuring myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend Morgan Richards. Yes, it's me, Morgan
1: Richards, and I wanna get this out the way. Oh, here we go. Thanks to the neon handshake. Not only have I developed night vision,
2: but I climb mountains. I knew you were going to fucking do the Claremont <laughs> I knew it. I fucking knew it. You were lucky. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, oh, go on. It is not more, is it? No, I was going
1: to say you you were lucky because I did have a whole um, monologue ready that would have
2: put you over the edge, literally. Yeah, well, don't, you know what I've been through this morning, so please, yeah, don't, uh, please don't do that. Um, ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, and gender progressives, this week's guest is the fantastic Justin of Hell is for Heroes, I would try and say his surname, but I think that will be offensive to both him and everybody else listening.
1: Oh, but he's a doctor as well, apparently. So technically, one of our first doctors. Have we had a doctor on before? Have we had a doctor on before? He's got a PhD, so that means he is a doctor.
2: Well, Bob have as well. We had Bob on. Bob's a doctor. Well, we've got all the doctors on here now. Dr. Bob, fuck knows what he does though. I was saying this the other day, I was in rehearsal, I was in Raiders rehearsal the other day, and I was like, Bob, people ask me what you do for a job, and I just say I don't know, because I haven't got a clue. And he was like, yeah, it's pretty hard to explain. So he didn't even bother explaining it to me, so that was interesting. But yes, this is at least our second doctor
1: ever. We're getting smarter, we're getting smarter. But no, Hell is for Heroes, talk about an inferential band. The effect oh, wow. they have had on you, your friends, and that whole alternative UK scene in the early 2000s as unprecedented. They've always featured on the likes of NME, Kerrang! and MTV, gaining a reputation for crazy live shows, and an episode we've always had requests to do. It feels like they've been in a weird, on-and-off, active, nor active Uh, will they won't they situation for the last decade playing a couple of shows going away and being completely silent but just recently releasing pieces of new music for the first time in 15 years wow justin doesn't do too many of these kind of interviews these days um but was kind enough to let us steal him away on their tour with hundred reasons at the O2 Institute in Birmingham a few months back to talk about everything, clear some things up and relive some insane memories. And there's a lot that you are very fond of and a special place in
2: your heart, Sean. Yes. Um, as you said, Justin doesn't do many interviews and this will probably be his first and last appearance on something podcast <laughs> after chatting to us. Justin and the boy who sell his videos played a big part on influencing me and Hell is for Heroes were one of the first ever big gigs that me and my friend Scott ever put on and it was in RM's nightclub in Merthyr Tidville and it was absolutely sold out and to see people that we had looked up to for like probably three or four years at that time in our hometown, playing shows, climbing the fucking rafters with (laughs) mental... Was so inspirational and detrimental to our shitty little town. Um, that I will always be grateful for Ellis Vidos for turning up, even though the PA system we got in apparently wasn't enough. Oh, I feel bad. I feel, I felt real bad. Um, yeah, it was, uh, but what a fucking show, absolutely (laughs) unbelievable, literally. Literally influenced so many people of Mirtha to go on and, or carry on with music and play better and wilder. Oh. What a fucking band. I love Ellis Feroz. They got some fucking absolute classic songs. Go and check them out. If you're listening to this and you've somehow never heard Ellis Feroes, What? Change that. Make your life better <laughs> today. <laughs>
1: Do it! But what a lovely full circle moment. And the one of the funniest things is that we recorded this in <laughs> like the
2: smallest Bro, closet. It was a cupboard. cupboard. It was a fucking <laughs> cupboard. There was nothing. It was so small. They didn't even keep anything in the cupboard. <laughs> That's the nothing. thing.
1: No windows. It was just the most com, com- compact, <laughs> like like compact yeah. room. Ah, oh, I just yeah, but. What a lovely, lovely <laughs>
2: conversation. You know what, look at, thinking back on it now, right? <laughs> how fucking close we all were to each other while no, talking. We were sweating. Right. We were all sweating after five minutes. We may as well have just used one microphone. I don't know why we had a mic each, because we were that close. But thank you very much to Justin again, and the Hellas Heroes boys, and the 100 Reasons boys who we saw backstage, um, including my friend Andy, who's uh, the bassist for 100 Reasons. He's a fucking top chap. And of course in the liar, Duran. The liar. Everyone, the Massive, liar. massive liar.
1: But uh, Justin, outside of Hellas of Heroes, is r- really respected as a, a lecture, author, and analyzing media, journalism, and ethics around the misinformation and injustices. So that's something we're going to get into uh, as well. And we're yep, just going to talk about <laughs> everything from the band life to the drug that is frontman ego, ridiculous stage circumstances, overcoming a brain hemorrhage, and smoking something with a certain celebrity you never would have thought their paths across. It's all going on.
2: And I I remember as we walked into the venue, we walked in with Justin and his lovely family, and they had the best shoes on I've ever seen for a combined family. So I know that's... um, (laughs) So, it's a weird thing to notice, but I did tell him <laughs> as well. So, uh yes, thanks again to Justin. Thanks again to Ellis for Heroes. Thanks to Birmingham Institute for letting us in. Let us mill about for a bit and then uh, ultimately get the warmest cupboard in Birmingham.
1: Warmest cupboard in Birmingham. Confirmed. Um, but speaking about milling about, you, me, Hellas for Heroes and a bunch of other bands are going to be milling about in a field no, next not. week. When? What next week? Next week, because it's Two Thousand Trees Festival returning what? to <laughs> Ch- Upcott Farm in Cheltenham, July sixth to the eighth. You uh, fucking we- lying! I'm not. We're going. We're on. the We're even on the lineup, Sean, because you and me are doing a live stage show podcast on the word stage on Saturday. Oh God, at no! Ten o'clock in the morning. So get up nice and early. No, fucking ain't. You can all get me hung over because it's the last day of the festival and get to watch us talk some absolute bollocks. And When's then, that Saturday? Saturday?
2: Saturday morning. And then... Do you, do you know what? Wait. Do you know what I'm going to do? Friday night, I'm going to go to that stage that we're playing at 10 o'clock in the morning, sit in the chair that we're about to do the thing at 10 o'clock in the morning, and just fall asleep there. Because, yeah, I've got to get there for 10 a.m. That's mad. Anyway, carry on, mo <laughs> Well, then we've got to stay up
1: all day because we're DJing the silent disco. Oh, yes! yes!
2: <laughs> I can't wait! I'm going to be fucking naked! <laughs> cocaine! We're going to need some cocaine. Oh, no. oh no, <laughs> no, no, on. No, no. Sorry, I said that's that right. That's vibe. not the right
1: there for this one. That's not the right there for this one. But Hellas for Heroes are there. the One of the main attractions yes! of the band playing on the Friday. You've got some. Classic bands alongside them with 100 Reasons, Rival School, uh, Headlingers, Softplay, Bullet for My Valentine, Frank Hutter and the Rattlesnakes, there's in Absence, Loathe, Witch Fever, No Devotion, Prestamico's Last Ever Show, and just so many amazing bands. Some tickets are still available as we record this, and you can get £40 off them by heading over to 2000trees.co.uk forward slash tickets. And using the promo code SAPNIN, that's £40 off
2: all your tickets. Yes, I'm glad they got rid of Festival out of the URL because it makes it much, much easier. 2000trees.co.uk.
1: Yeah! And also, they uh, sent me a message this week. All right. Saying, Morgan, I can confirm. You're fired! Oh, go on. Oh, what? Oh, nothing. They must have sent me a different email. Oh, yeah. They were saying um, that they can confirm the
2: ice cream trucks are back oh f- f- i don't care <laughs> <laughs> i do. do oh we know you fucking do <laughs> jesus I don't start this shit do you know what i'm surprised we're only one week away i'm surprised that you haven't been going on about this for fucking months to be honest I know. And i'm glad so um yes 2003's festival one of our favorite festivals that we get to attend every year it's going to be a fucking blast no doubt cannot wait what a fucking lineup! I don't think anybody's expecting Bola from the Valentine to head down like to 2000 trees. They're going to burn them fucking trees down.
1: If you need people to go with, head over to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash happening. Wonderful community of people there. All the get together for gigs and festivals. So get involved and help support this podcast. But without any further ado, let's get in to the cupboard once again for this <laughs> oh, conversation God. with Justin about everything. Hell is for heroes. And more, episode 240 of Sapnin Podcast. I'm having flashbacks
2: by that fucking cupboard, like,
1: it's too warm. What's the door, Morg, What's the door! Sapnin! Sapnin!
2: (laughs) Temperature of the sun. What's happening, what's happening, it's happening. It's happening. Yes. this week we are joined by the absolutely mighty Justin from the legendary hell is for heroes how are you uh, a bit overwhelmed by that introduction oh. but I'm like, all right <laughs> it's all true it's all true
1: yeah how are you doing man we're uh, we're, we're doing this backs well I want to say backstage um, but we're kind of more <laughs> understaged. Yeah, yeah in the uh, broom closet. kind I would say of it's room. very cupboardy. It's giving off a very
2: cupboardy vibe.
1: Literally in the cupboard. In, we haven't done one in the cupboard yet. This we've, is the smallest one we've ever done. In fact, in, in, in the room wise. Yeah, yeah. I,
2: I feel humbled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. But yeah, yeah.
1: But how are you doing? How's the tour being? How, how are you just doing at the moment? Uh, yeah, surprisingly.
0: I, I mean, I always say surprisingly good. We kind of get in the habit of being wheeled out onto the road every like five years <laughs> and it's always like yeah a surprise to see people who are still really a remember us uh and be seem to quite like us so um
2: but there's thousands of them That's yeah, yeah awesome. and,
0: and the weirdest thing is that they just seem to sort of if anything uh grow in number it's like it's kind of kind of the opposite of what we were always told we were always told like oh, you know, being a band is hard work and you've got to like, actually less
2: is more. <laughs> I found out that myself now. Like, uh, so as we were talking about before and um, my old band, we split up eight years ago, end of this month. And we've just announced we're coming back for download now. And the reaction is bigger than ever. So That's now, it, man. It's fucking, it's almost like take it away from them for a little bit. <laughs> and they will long for it.
1: They can remember- like drug addiction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Make them remember what they missed. Yeah, mm. but how was that whole process being for you? I mean, with music in itself, being away from it for a while, then you come back, you do some shows. Does it make the heart fonder of, of when you get to do it, and makes it feel more special? I mean, how do you see all this?
0: I mean, I think these things can always go any way. Like it, it could have, it can all, it could have been a disaster. I mean, uh, in fact, I fully expected it to be. Uh, You know, I I think for a long time before we booked this tour, as with any tour probably, we were kind of dreading it. Uh, it, It's like you just got to have good luck uh, in connecting or or reconnecting, I should say, with with the songs, you know, some of which, you know, are really kind of nearly as old as us now. I mean, like 20 plus years. Well, not as old as us, but it takes, I don't know what it takes, but... I suppose it's quite gratifying that, you know, those songs, that we are able to reconnect with them in in, in a way that's not kind of contrived. Yeah. Like, if it felt like we were just doing this for the sake of a kind of nostalgia tour and, uh, you know, trying to sort of, I don't know, be the kind of band that we were 20 years ago, then I think it would just, I don't think any of us would have done it. Um, so you try and kind of reconnect with the songs in a different way in a genuine way in a way that's like uh speaks to kind of who we are now and you know all the shit that's happened to us and to the world and to everything else and and just give it give it some meaning that way and then you hope that like people will will get that uh and so far it's really felt like they have and that's been incredibly rewarding
2: nice yeah nice well yeah how's it been being out with 100 reasons again how are those guys?
0: I mean, it's just like, uh, it's just like kind of, um, it's so familiar to us. Uh, I mean, I think we've spent probably more time on the road with 100 Reasons, even more time than we spent with Biffy Cairo, which was <laughs> yeah. which is far too long.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wouldn't mind spending time with them now, mind? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like oh, like right.
1: Festivals, all that kind of malarkey, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, but
0: yeah, so. No, I mean they're just like good friends with ours. Larry, the guitarist, actually produced our new record, which is another thing that's really exciting about this tour. Um, you know, we just got a couple of new songs, but it feels like they're kind of going down well. And they're, you know, again, it's it, it doesn't feel contrived. It's like we we, you know, it's different uh, to what we used to do, but it's at the same time, you know, uh, something that I think people can relate to.
1: Nice. Hmm how is that process for you? Because these new songs are the first new material the band had done in 15 years. And, you know, going back to, to that mindset of actually writing lyrics and the songs, I mean, is that being different or do you just feel like you've picked off where you, where you left off really in, in terms of that mindset?
0: Yeah, no, surprisingly similar in that respect. Uh, you know, we've never been the most uh, prolific band, I think it's fair to say. Not because, i'm I'd like to say that's because we have a high degree of quality control, but it's <laughs> probably more because we're just lazy. Um, you know, maybe also we just don't like kind of forcing stuff. So we try and kind of wait for, for the songs that come to us, uh, which sounds incredibly naff. But in a way, it's true. You just kind of things just sort of and you have a bit of luck and you get some studio time and that's sort of how it came together, really. Um, and it's just fun, man. It was just like, it's a really good feeling just making music. I forgot, I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, it, 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 I, as I say, it was luck that those songs came together, but I think it's kind of set us on a train that means, you know, it can happen again. Um, and it's definitely reawakened something in us uh, and is also s- feels like something kind of new at the same time.
2: Nice. That's so good to hear. Yeah, because the amount of people we've had on bands who have been, you know, been in bands for 20 plus years who just seem jaded and now blase with it is incredible, <laughs> really, when you see how many there are compared to, other people who are still excited, so it's fantastic to hear that you've got that energy again. Is it gonna be a a full length twelve track record or are you looking to do EPs or what's the what's the plan?
0: I I've no idea, man. I mean I think as I say, uh we have no we have no management <laughs> in every sense of the word. In you know, we're not kind of directing this. Yeah. Uh I think it could lead to an album. It could just be that we drip feed songs as as and when they come to us i think we're just gonna yeah ride it wherever it takes us
1: mm. nice. that must be really freeing in a lot of ways though especially when you look back at how you used to do things and how kind of extreme and had to be planned out and forced maybe a lot of ways, like scheduling wise mm. to kind of think oh if we are going to do new music again the fact that you can just literally do what you want exactly. that must make you all a bit more excited not feel like oh you know there's pressure to this, so we have to be yeah. deadlines or whatever
0: yeah exactly it's it's it just keeps it completely natural i mean i remember like when we were on like a big label and that yeah it just that the whole kind of creative process was uh in a way just completely undermined by exactly that you know that kind of sort of Oh right now you've got to go into a room and write an album and you we're just like sort of sitting there and like, well, that doesn't really work for us. Yeah, so so it is freeing and it is I mean, it can be too freeing because, you know, you then we just end up like <laughs> yeah. not doing anything. But I think if we can kind of keep the foot on the pedal a little bit and just remind ourselves that, you know, fundamentally, this is just about kind of people getting together mm. and and doing something <coughs> is fun uh in a way that's slightly different to just going to get drunk with your mates i mean we do that as well but (laughs) it's kind of more of an add-on than the the main
1: gig yeah yeah especially when you can add more people and crowds to it all makes it
2: a bit more more fun how are you finding self-managing how what's the difference between that and having a manager do you find i mean i think we've always kind of
0: self-managed really (laughs) even when we had a manager in the sense that um We have always, I think, right from the beginning, had a fairly clear idea of what our limitations are in terms of like being able to slot into, you know, different kind of categories of or like, you know, uh, I don't know, genre labels or like we've always had a sense that we're quite a misfitting band in a lot of ways. Uh, You know, we, we don't really we don't have many tattoos Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, at the same time, we're not good looking enough to be a pop band. So uh, we're always a kind of a little bit awkward and difficult in that way. But I think in, whereas in the beginning that was something that we saw as, you know, or maybe some people uh, around us saw as a kind of hindrance. I think now we see it more as a, a kind of badge of honor, really. Um, you know and 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 and, it, and it's it's nice doing music without you know it's, it's not something that we kind of depend on for our livelihoods yeah, yeah. it's not um it's not something that other people depend on for their livelihoods yeah. you know i mean that's like i think a lot of people underestimate that for a lot of professional bands yeah. you know that it is a for, certainly for us anyway it was always a kind of weight you know like oh shit these people actually are kind of feeding themselves literally off what we're doing if, if you know if we fuck it up you know that has serious consequences um so it feels like and and and, and at the same time we're kind of really fortunate to have you know a, a small but but kind of loyal audience and to have a platform so it means that i think we have an opportunity to do this in a way that is not to sound too naff, but is like kind of pure, Mm. um, pure fun.
1: Yeah. Really. It's the people you're reaching are people who care. It's not just, Oh, just like that because of whatever they literally, they've been with you on that journey and they're, they're invested so much now that when you are doing stuff, they actually
2: want to be part Uh, of it. I think I'd rather have a hundred people who solidly care, Mm-hmm. than a thousand people who are just like yeah i like them <laughs> yeah <that's it. laughs> and then don't care like yeah because if you can keep those hundred people happy and interested and you know you put out products that they want to buy you could probably sustain more off those hundred people than you would off a thousand people who kind of don't give a shit
0: yeah i think that's true i mean i think we've always been uh you know fairly comfortable playing to a, a whole range of of venue sizes I think you're exactly right what matters is can you like have that transcendental experience really of playing this music in a room and and it is the you know these songs are kind of I guess on the darker side you know in terms of the sound and the and the the words and and all the rest of it, but you know when you get in a in a room and you get and you you get people together, it becomes like a real celebration.
2: Yeah, almost like a heal like yeah. They could be dark, somber songs, but then when it, other people are singing them, it's almost like a healing and a coming together of people, and it's it makes it more beautiful. I think.
0: I think so. It's like it's definitely some kind of release, you know, yeah. like. A, really become m- m- more conscious of that now than probably ever was. Yeah. Uh, and it's like nothing else. There isn't, there isn't another feeling, uh, that you
2: can get. And, doing I, anything yeah, else. and I've tried <laughs> plenty of <laughs> drugs to try and find that as well. And I, I still haven't found it. Yeah. yeah. Being the front man, being on stage and just absorbing that and doing that. Yeah. It's better than any drug. I, uh, I think you could come across. To be honest, it's which yeah, which why when my band ended, I was I was fucking lost for about two or three years, didn't know what to do. The longing to want to be on stage, I just I don't care if I'm playing to one person or a thousand people. It doesn't bother me. I just want to play and perform, and that those moments on stage is such a release for me Mm -hmm. that and uh, and a high. Um, that, yeah, I long for it and I did long for it. And-
0: yeah, it's interesting. And and what I think, one of the things that I think I'm also starting to get my head around is, you know, that there, there are sort of good and bad highs, you know, from being in a band. And I guess this is kind of show business generally, but there is that sort of seductive power of, <laughs> uh, you know, it's like kind of ego fueling, you know, that sometimes you get when you're on stage and you definitely get when you get to like talk about yourself on interviews like this (laughs) and and, and it's kind of like a trap because it is, it it does feel nice Mm. and you kind of, you know, and and it's like, it is like a drug because the more you get it, the more you want it. Um, But I think that's the really kind of destructive Mm. uh, aspect of this whole thing. And then there's the kind of, the other high which you were kind of talking about you know which is a much more which is much more just about the connection and the communication between you and the band and the audience and everything else and that really kind of nothing else matters in that moment yeah. and that's the one that kind of feels quite sort of nourishing whereas the other one is quite is has like the opposite effect so yeah, yeah. i think like you know teasing that out and understanding the differences between those is a really really tricky thing and I think it's so easy to kind of, you know, I fell into it and um, I'm sure most bands did. You know, you just do, you just fall into that trap of like, it's just basically ego fuel. Well,
2: that's the thing. I think a lot of, I found it with, um, there was a young band from my hometown called Pretty Vicious who um, started to do quite well. They're all like seventeen, sixteen, seventeen 16, 17 at the time. And I tried to have a meeting with them to talk to them, and it, it never really worked out and then they got signed to that giant label that taylor swift was on big big machine big Something like that it was anyway so um yeah i had to explain to them i was like look every label in the world is going to tell you you're going to be the biggest band in the world now they're going to blow this smoke up your ass they're going to tell you exactly what you want to hear and they were like oh no you know it's not going to be like that and then next minute They've had to split up because the singer's gone mad on drugs and ego or whatever, and it's like you—you you just got—you only put out an album and now you're finished already, and it's—it's it's sad to see that happen. And it's, but yeah, that's it. It's like you have so many people behind the scenes telling you you are the greatest thing that's ever existed, and then when it doesn't work out like that, it can be so shattering for people who believed it, I guess. Yeah, and then yeah, you just just lost in the sea of bands who have, have come before you, I guess.
1: What was it like for you transitioning out of music when the band originally broke up? Because, I mean, you've gone on to have like quite a successful career in journalism and, and all that, but did it feel weird stepping away for, for music for quite a few years in, b- in between? Uh, yeah, that's interesting.
0: I mean, I'm, I'm not a journalist. Uh, you know, I basically s- spend my time... Yeah uh criticizing
2: journalists you <laughs> want <Well>, yeah even yourself
0: uh i mean like <laughs> I, i'm i'm more in um unfortunately uh in the kind of very toxic world of i guess you know the the, the kind of intersect between news and politics mm. Um, I mean, I don't really know how I got in here, into this mess. I mean, I think, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: you know, when I was in the band, like, I mean, I've always been interested in, like, issues to do with like media and cultural power. Yeah. yeah. You know, so like when I was in the band uh, in the old days, you know, I remember, you know, the the whole kind of I was around the time when the whole Napster thing was blowing mm. up, and you know, I I got quite active on you know, the whole thing about piracy, I mean, I kind of took the opposite view to like Metallica, I was just like fucking, you know, burn and share this and yeah, you know, it's like um, I didn't really have a kind of framework for my activism, I was more just like this feels... Being obnoxious yeah. for the sake of it. Uh, That's
2: me online. Yeah. <laughs> That's me doing every Tory that post online. I'm going to get you, you fucker. <laughs>
0: I mean, um, and then and then I guess, uh, you know, one of the things that sort of hit me, you know, I mean, after we'd, we'd kind of slogged it for about 10, best part of 10 years, and I got brain hemorrhage on stage, and I was just like, oh, wow, wow. maybe uh, this is not kind of what we want to be doing for the rest of our lives. <laughs> Um, you know, then I had the problem of, well, I've literally got nothing on my CV <laughs> other than being in a yeah. a very shouty rock band that hardly anyone's ever... Mine heard looks
2: about. like I went missing. Yeah. <laughs> mine was <laughs> like, Argos, one Christmas, yeah. Castle Bingo for two years, <laughs> yeah, exactly. missing for 13, turned up as manager of a barbershop. Where, where have you been? Uh, so, you don't want to know.
0: It's not, it's not a, a, a great... Um, mm. Stepping stones on most other career paths. But, uh, so I went back to school. I mean, I just, I got alone and did my masters, and then I ended up fumbling on to do my PhD, uh, and, and kind of blagged the job as a sort of pretend academic. Um, I say pretend because I, I don't really read near enough for, for an academic. Um, but yeah, that's, and, and, and then as I say, uh, because of, the direction of my kind of research and writing, I got somehow pulled into the ever more kind of toxic world of politics mm-hmm. and, and you know, that's kind of like, I've done that, but I'm like uh, getting a bit tired of always just fighting people, um, yeah. which is kind of why doing this is actually quite cathartic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, yeah. yeah. sort of the opposite. <laughs> really?
2: Well, yeah, how do you, uh, how do you feel about uh, the way politics is at the moment and the way the world is currently going?
0: Well, my main interest is, is in um, truth-telling, really, yeah. in yeah. terms of journalism and, and, and how truth gets suppressed and distorted and manipulated by powerful interests and how that has been so massively complicated by things like social media... But yeah, fundamentally, I'm interested in that kind of very old-fashioned idea of 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 journalism as the business of speaking truth to power, um, and how that gets well. Just like nowadays, you know, you you'll know more about this than I do, probably. But like, it seems to me that if you are a journalist or if you're a politician and you're starting out in your career. The very things that, you know, I guess were once uh, really treasured, the values that were treasured about these professions, which is really about integrity and honesty and and truth-telling, those are the things that destroy your career at the click of a finger. I mean, it's like, they're like disastrous. If you want to climb the ladder of any Mm. national newspaper or, you know, any major political party and you start like, Having integrity, <laughs> <You're
2: fine. laughs> It's a death wish. Yeah, but that's mad. Uh, yeah, it's only like the last, well, probably about 2000 f- 2014, 2015, just before the Brexit vote and all that stuff is where I saw that, yeah, politicians weren't the people with backbones and integrity, like you say, anymore. And now they're just free to lie and tuck in, say whatever they want, and they can just get away with it. And then...
0: That's it, man. I mean, that, the, the truth is, uh, you know, I, I think everyone in, in politics maybe lies. You know, some people lie, but everyone kind of bends the truth to some degree, you know, to suit their own particular political uh, agenda. Um, but I guess that's where kind of journalists come in, because journalists are supposed to, like, cut through that. Yeah. And the other thing is there's a big difference between, you know, people on the kind of margins – Of politics you know whether that's left or the right frankly bending the truth or manipulating Mm -hmm. and then getting frankly misinformation on like the bbc or the national newspapers like in terms of the credibility and the reach Mm -hmm. of media like that's that's the that's the stuff that i'm really interested in and and i find really kind of problematic because even if like yeah maybe the bbc gets it Right More of the time Than I don't know Some kind of Fringe Lefty Or right uh, Online News out there yeah. But When the BBC Does get it wrong mm. That's like Serious Yeah
1: It really is yeah.
0: In terms of impact
1: Yeah yeah. Oh, interesting With uh, That side Of your career Has there ever been people Who have been like Hang on Are you uh, are you Justin from uh... Uh, Like students
0: Yeah Yeah Um yeah it happens occasionally
2: <laughs> but, yeah. Was, um, yeah sorry to go back to it but was the brain aneurysm that you had um the the cause of the end of the band uh
0: not the, not the sole cause i mean i think there was sort of a, a, a number of factors. we never really ended the band it was just like we've we got to a point where we felt like we've kind of done all you know done enough yeah. uh i mean the shows were getting more and more intense so I think it did feel like we needed like a proper break and then, you know, and then families and marriages yeah. and kids and, and all the rest of it. And then 20 years. Fair enough. Ps- yeah. by.
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's your kind of mentality on the band today in terms of, because obviously you had the hiatus in 2008, you came back and did some shows in 2012, then another break in 2018 now is it the same of just like at the moment it's working out and we're having fun so we're going to do it and you're not going to put a label on it or are you kind of thinking more long-term goals for stuff i mean how do you how do you kind of see everything
0: well i think i think there there, there was uh there is definitely a like this tour is like a departure in mm. the sense that um all the shows that we've done like we did, we did a round with Hundred Reasons in twenty twelve, and then like we kind of said, we, we get wheeled out like <laughs> like pensioners every every five years. Um But those are those have been like kind of nostalgia tours. I mean, yeah. ag- amazing because a- and incredibly gratif- gratifying to you know to discover that 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 you know the music that we were doing you know in our kind of early twenties had. Still had legs, you know, and and in, both in terms of not just the audience, but our ability to connect with the song. So that was like amazing. But there, I think there was a recognition after the last tour, which is our biggest ever headline tour, and you know, we sold out two nights at Shepherd's Bush Empire, and we were just like, this, you know, we can't go any further with just you know, flogging the old records. Like if we're going to do anything again, it has to there has to be some kind of new creative. Uh, output Um, and so we wrote a couple of songs for this tour and I think there is a real feeling that actually yeah well we could as long as we keep writing we can justify doing more shows Uh, and even if I I mean i quite like to go back to doing some smaller shows you know I mean these are great but they are you know for our our, by our standards pretty big so I wouldn't mind like maybe doing some smaller more intimate shows and, and and yeah just kind of Just sort of doing it completely naturally. uh, Yeah, just seeing if people are are willing to listen to what
2: we we have to say. I'm sure they are. And speaking of uh, small intimate shows, me and my friend Scott once put Hell is for Heroes on in um, a terrible, terrible place called RM's Nightclub in Merthyr Tidville. Right.
0: <laughs> nice. I remember. We put that on. We played there
2: once. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, no, I put that gig on.
0: Oh, my God.
1: And, <laughs> yeah,
2: me and my friend Scott put that gig on. And, um, yeah, you jumped over. We'd never seen it before. There was uh, above the drums. There was a little lip. And you climbed that and jumped over on the drums. And I just remember, what a fucking... That was the first ever sold-out show in RM's, I believe. Wow. And it was fucking class. And then about... I want to say three weeks later, Biffy played it to about 21 people. <laughs> really? Yeah. Very strange. Very, very strange. That is a weird one. But yeah. 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 Put you on. It was fucking brilliant. And it, it was such... Because our problem at the time in Merthyr Tidville is not only is it a terrible town, but also nobody was coming there. So the fact that we got fucking Hell is for Heroes or we were seeing in, in and on Kerrang! and MTV2 and all that stuff was so inspirational for our town. And the people who were in bands in our town that went on to do surprisingly well, like yeah, it's it it yeah, it
0: was. Quite, it, it, it felt. I mean, I remember it really well, and it felt like a, a you know a special night. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was just. I, I remember that energy it was intense.
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, I just yeah, I was blown away by it. I think yeah, you were the first people to ever sell our place out, and then a couple of months later, I think we've got four foot fingers on, and then they did quite well as well, and. Yeah, it, it finally made the town... People were like, oh, you can do gigs in that town. I didn't realize that. So, um, yeah, thank you on behalf of my town, I guess, and everybody <laughs> right. who's, who's done music since who was there, and there's a few of them, so... Yeah, yeah.
1: thank you for having us. I wanted to um, get into that kind of... the early days and being a kind of staple band in those early 2000s British rock scene, because at that time, there's so many inspirational bands who went on to to then i like, kind of catapult the next generation coming through and, and all of that you know it just kind of yourselves in me feeder biffy feed for a friend 100 reasons what was that time like what was that kind of memories did it feel kind of special with all those bands doing well and you all kind of being friends and touring with each other i mean
2: what was it a blue?
1: uh
0: I mean, I mean, um, a bit of both, <laughs> you know. Uh, I mean, I, you know, as I say, we we've never, we've always been a bit awkward in terms of, uh, you know, not quite fitting in. Um, but there's obviously a bunch of bands, as you said, around that time, who we shared a stage with, and you know, we sh- we had drinks with, and and just had good times with, uh, and. I mean, this is the thing about music it's like you know actually we'll play with anyone, you know i mean i I mean I even like some pop bands i mean i don't I don't have like um we're not precious about anything, and you know as long as like it's from the heart, um you know that's all that that kind of really matters to us, you know, and uh, obviously, like a lot of people that come to our shows also go to their shows and you know so this just just kind of makes sense and um yeah and uh, you know it's all kind of incestuous as i said larry recorded our records so we're
2: uh in each other's pockets what's what's the weirdest lineup you've been on do you think
0: um i mean i guess we did like a, a tour with like Amer- some big American new metal bands in oh. the early 2000s: yeah. Papa, Roach. <laughs> oh. um, Papa Roach, nice, nice, yeah and, yeah. and nice. Murder Dolls. Which
2: was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Together at last, isn't he? Those are Murder Dolls.
0: It was, it was um educational.
2: I never would have fucking ever thought, yeah. like Papa Roach, like I can uh, see, I can there. see how it happens yeah, I can, yeah. Murder dolls. I mean, booked oh, that? Oh my
0: God. It, listen, it was a lot of fun, but it was—I uh, think you know—because it was like proper arenas and stuff. But I think um, it was a remind. It was no. It was the first point where I kind of realised that I'm not very rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I was just like sitting on the back of a tour bus. Uh, with, you know, my sewing kit, trying to sort of mend trousers. my trousers from the, from the night before. And these guys were just like... Wild. Yeah, I mean, in the most kind of cliched way, oh, it was yeah. like okay. oh, yeah. strip bars and drugs and, and, you know, all sorts of... I mean i i dabbled but yeah i think after a little while I thought, oh, man, actually it's not really my thing yeah. <laughs> i mean the thing about that is is, is it was just it's just too many men on those tours yeah you know it's like yeah it kind of it was it was a bit much
2: yeah mm. yeah well yeah i know what you mean by too many men like yeah it just becomes like a testosterone field, like one upsmanship. Yeah, who can keep going? Who can go the yard It's like one do endless all. stag, dude.
0: Yeah. I, that's <laughs> right? Just, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. That is the, the analogy. for, for six weeks. weeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, but, Jesus. <laughs> you <know>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we drink it again. Oh, we uh, gotta be yeah,
1: mad. On the flip side of that, do you remember in the early days, like a time where you thought, "Wow, like these experiences are crazy." Like, how have I gotten? It, yeah, like it was there a moment you met someone that you'd always like idolized or uh I mean I remember
0: I remember being introduced to Ice tea in the Viper room. What, what the fuck? fuck? And and I remember like he was just like standing on the dance floor. <laughs> you know, obviously he didn't like know or give a shit about who I was, but he was like just smoking a joint. I mean you couldn't even smoke yeah, you can't even smoke yeah, cigarettes yeah, yeah, yeah. in in indoors, but he was smoking a joint no one was gonna tell him not uh, to. Nope. And then he would just like he just turned look turned around and looked at me and was like, Who is this little runt standing next to me? <laughs> but then he offered me a go on his joint. Yeah,
2: like, you've got it, did you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, so
0: yeah, that was my oh, my a- one and only claim to any kind <laughs> that of was a fucking
2: goddamn rock yeah. fame. Oh, I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what we're doing Because I'm just going to be thinking about smoking, smoking drugs with iced tea. Oh.
1: oh, you um, you've you've always kind of had a reputation for being quite a, a lively frontman. Let's say I always like to it's kind of get, get
2: into the Lightfully. Lightfully, yeah.
1: <laughs> get into the the crowd and, and and dive and stuff like that. I mean, where did all that originally come from? Was it just kind of energy and and watching other front men before you or uh i don't know
0: man i i think it's like um i think it's just i'm just a sing and dance man really? you know i mean i like i i think part of yeah part of that whole kind of experience of the live rock show is you know it does involve for me physical interaction yeah. um i there's no there's no feeling quite like a crowd surfing i mean i don't know you know it's like a kind of like you know you you feel weightless Mm. and um it's just like a complete yeah that is that 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 is like a feeling of helplessness you like you're just completely giving your trust to a bunch of strangers you've never met before and probably will never meet again and i don't know why but that just feels great yeah (laughs) So I'm, you know, I just awesome. can't yeah. get enough of it. Really,
2: fantastic. Yeah. Have you ever um, climbed something and then got up and gone? Oh, wish I wish I'd fucking done this. Uh,
0: yes, um, uh, many times. Uh, I mean, I uh, I remember once hanging off. Uh, there was some kind of like pipe running across the roof of a stage. And I remember, like, I somehow got myself on there and and was kind of hanging upside down, but, like, my grip on it was rapidly loosening. It was all kind of, like, sweat. And uh, and I was just like, I can't hold this. And I was just going to basically fall straight down headfirst onto the amp. And... Somehow I lost my grip, and so my body fell down head first backwards. Somehow, and I guess this is just like pure instinct, but my feet locked in. Uh, so I was <laughs> ended up hanging like Look a bat, bat. <laughs> yeah, yes! my feet. Uh, and yeah, I, I mean, got away oh, wow. with it. I mean, as I said, I did end up getting a brain hemorrhage on stage, so I, uh, yeah. you know, I kind of rode my luck as, as, as far as I could take it, really. Um, but uh how much
2: of that do you put down to band life to uh, uh, brain hemorrhage
0: I'm, I, I, it's not like it wasn't like sex drugs it was only rock and roll I mean it was only like uh yeah the it's just the intense the shows were just getting very very intense uh, and we you know we just I think at the time we were kind of really into like getting people up on stage and and so like people would kind of there was all this kind of stage invasions and we used to like love that and yeah. i think someone like just collided heads and just yeah wow it all went
2: wow. a bit spinny wow. <laughs> yeah i bet <laughs>
1: <laughs> as we uh start to wind down on this conversation because we know you've got to get ready for a uh for one of those rock and roll shows um coming in to the venue obviously you've just arrived with your family and i was just kind of wanted can to i just say
2: fantastic shoe collection on everybody <laughs> in the family
1: well i will you,
0: absolutely pass on that feedback yeah, it would be much the kids, appreciated yeah, yeah <laughs> the
2: kids and um and, yeah and uh your partner fantastic fantastic shoe collection sorry
1: <laughs> i was just gonna ask how was it for you getting to bring them to shows now, is it kind of that must be like a nice kind of
0: yeah, it's a real treat. I'm going to try and uh drag him on stage as well. Nice, uh,
2: try Croce.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just think some of my uh happiest kind of early childhood memories were at concerts.
2: Nice. Um, I won't tell you who because it's
0: far too embarrassing, on, but uh, welcome.
2: Who's my first concert? Stereophonics. Well, wow. mm. and mine was Busted the McFly oh there you go wow that's not me I think mine was Barry Manilow oh, oh nice that, that's that good wins, that's eh? good yeah. you say that we're trying to get Donnie Osmond later in the year <laughs> yeah, on the show are, too, Nice, babe, nice. So I talk to, my mother, uh, talk to my mother's favourite artist <laughs> of all time
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so nice, oh. nice. yeah I just, it's just nice to kind of try and you know like when the kids are this age it just, it's all about creating memories isn't it
2: mm. and they're going to see you up there as have they seen you play before
0: uh, my older one has yeah. uh, download in uh, twenty eighteen. He, nice. was, he was there. Uh, I dragged him on stage then as well. <laughs> nice,
2: yeah, because yeah, like I've got um an eight year old nephew who knows going to come and uh, see the blackout and stuff and awesome. I can't wait for that. Like he f- he fucking loves me anyway. So waitly sees me controlling goths in a tent and download. Like I can't <laughs> wait. Yeah,
1: but, yeah. Uh, so. It's it's yeah. It's nice when you can kind of combined. Different parts of your life for these things, I'm sure. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Feels good, man. Nice. Nice. Well, with all that, um, what else is really next? I mean, what can we expect going forward? I mean, you've said that you've been recording and stuff. Some. Some. Is there more songs in in the can? It, do you guys have plans to tour after this, or again, is it just just want to see how it goes? I think
0: uh, I think we might do one or two festivals uh, oh, and some kind of low key shows next year. Um and just keep writing that's that's it man uh so yeah I think we've definitely um it
2: feels like we've awakened something um and we'll just follow where it leads awesome that's fu- do you know what that's so fucking good to you that you yeah that you've awoken it and yeah you seem excited by it yeah, that's, that's awesome genuinely one of um yeah one of my favorite bands to watch um growing up and yeah, just thank you for the music. Thank you for the inspiration. Oh, not at all, um, Yeah, fucking loved it. So thank you very much, and thank you for giving us the time today. Because yeah, we appreciate it
1: So welcome. Thank you yeah. for having me. So, sorry for being stuck in a small room with <laughs> <Yeah>. us <laughs> That's, for yeah. so long. Charles, but, yeah. Nice and cozy. Yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Thank, Cheer you. thank, thank, you. You. thank you. you. Cheers, guys.
2: Focus. Yeah! <laughs> yes! That was Justin Scholzberg of the Mighty Ellis Veroes. Did I pronounce that right? I hope I did. I think you did. I'm gonna give you it, but people can let us know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. People of the Scholzberg family, um, let me know if I said that right. I probably didn't, and apologies if i uh, offended all of your family tree. I didn't mean to um feel free to pronounce Smith 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 whatever you want i don't care thank you very much justin and his wonderful family
1: yes we appreciate it so so much i'm so glad we could get this conversation uh as i said people have requested this for such a long time it's just never been able to materialize but finally in the same place at the same time it's funny because we did this when you were on tour with punk rock factory you played boom mm. them the same day they were playing boom them so we cross divide we were like a marvel film with the universe's cross i don't know i haven't seen many marvel no, films lately so no, yeah. know, i don't know where on? you go i don't know where you're but going with this we, but we crossed, going with. we crossed swords and went whoa!
2: whoa it was a fucking small cupboard but it wasn't we nearly did let's be honest right if one of us had got slightly aroused right in our cupboard the other two would have felt it Oh! literally poking against our legs Anyway, he doesn't do many interviews um, and he probably won't come back on because he's now spunked us in a tiny cupboard.
1: Yeah, that's going to haunt him forever. But they are playing the Friday at 2000 Trees Festival and uh, they've released a few bits of new music. There's two new singles they've put out between now and the end of last year. But just recently, a bonus B-Sides EP taking tracks back from... Transmit Direct. So you can go and check that out on all major platforms now. Some absolutely great songs and hopefully we'll hear a a lot more about them with new music tours and stuff in the future. I can't wait for this set. I think we're all going to have a dance. We're going to have a boogie. And 2003 is just going to be a really, really good time. We're looking forward to uh, seeing a lot of friends. It's basically a friends fest. There's so many people we've had on this podcast who are going to be playing there. Um, There's people we don't get to see enough of the other parts of the year. And if you have any ideas about who you'd like us to go and talk to while we're at the festival, let us know at Sapling Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Tell us,
2: tag them and we can make some magic happen. Do that. Do what he just said. You know that voice you just heard? Listen to that. <gasps> That's me. My voice. Only for that bit, don't listen uh, to it uh, for Because
1: no, so. also, we're doing the um, we're doing the live podcast and then we're doing the silent disco on the Saturday night as well, closing out the festival.
2: If you I'm definitely any... going to have to have a nap, buddy. Oh, I'm definitely yeah. going to have to have a... Should we just should go back to the hotel for a and bit? Also, right? this time, fucking bring a hat, right? Yeah. And wear some fucking sun cream, you mad, mad fucker. I will, Because if I, I have promise. to put up with you spewing on Saturday morning before we go on, and it's not because of nerves, I'm going to be very, really, very, very upset. Okay, I'll do my best,
1: I'll do my best, and I'll bring all the songs you would never play at a DJ set that I definitely want to play at a DJ set. Uh, good luck with that. Have you... Um,
2: We'll have to talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about this <laughs> after. Let's
1: talk about this after. £40 off your tickets at 2000trees.co.uk forward slash tickets. Use the promo code SAPMIN. Again, if you want some friends, if you're thinking, these boys are a good laugh, I'd like some even <laughs> more fun. <Nobody's> convers- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd like to hang out with people who like these guys. Check yeah, out yeah.
2: patreon.com forward slash Sapnin.
1: Do it! Everyone in there is amazing. They've been traveling with each other for different festivals and gigs the last couple of weeks. Just random adventures, meeting up at the most random places and having a really wonderful time. It's so wholesome. It's so beautiful. Get involved with it and check out all our other bonus content on our Patreon page. Uh, If you head to the description of this episode, there's loads of names there that we thank. But as always, Sean's going to give a mahusive shout out to the elite members of our
2: Sapnin podcast Patreon community. Yes, this is thank you very much, and I love you too. Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi Leeway, Janelle caston Paul Hirschfield, Scarlett Charlton, Tony Michael, Kelly Ewan, Dilly Grimwood, Natasha Morris, Nathan Croshaw, Mitch Perry, Emma Barber, Kat Besson, Jenny Robinson, Murray Grimwood, Scott Jones, Amy Dawson, Amy Louise, Stuart McNaught, Ellen Southfield, Stephen Aston, Caroline Robinson, Kate Puttack, Louis Cook, Martina McManus, Carl Pendlebury, Danny Eaton, James McNaught, Jenny Munster, Jason Aredia, Emily Perry, John and Emma, M Evans Roberts, Craig Harris, Evan, Sean Foynes, Kalila Keane, Ollie Amesbury, Adam King of the Goss Parslow, Josh, Rick Astley made me promise not to turn him into a meme. I said I'm never going to gif you up, Crisp. It's lucky that I pronounce gif correctly because if I was an idiot... I would have said, I'm never going to jiff you up. And that <laughs> doesn't work in the joke, does it? So it's lucky I know what gif stands for. Graphic, innit? Graphic, it stands for. G stands for graphic, so it's G. Anyway, thank you very much. I'd love you to Alice Woods, Cal David-Smith, and last by no means least, Connor Lewins and family. Woo!
1: We love every single person there. Thank you for continuing to make this happen each and every week. Honest to God, it wouldn't be a thing without you. Uh, if oh, you God, enjoyed us... No please get involved go and follow us at Saplin pod on twitter and instagram subscribe wherever you're listening to these podcasts share it in the instagram stories all these little things help us more than we can imagine and we'll be back next friday and every week with a very special guest and some laughs and some
2: chaos in between yes thank you very much for your support if you've listened to this um and any others uh, thank you very, very much. It means the absolute world to us. Uh, we never thought we'd get to do 240 plus episodes of this fucking nonsense. So the fact that you've stuck with us or you've just, if if it's your first time listening, um, sorry, apologies. Uh, um, <laughs> but check out some of the other episodes There's some wicked guests where we have a good old laugh with everybody. Doesn't mean one word it's been miserable, I don't think of it. Not really. Nothing comes to mind. Even if we've talked about miserable things, we laugh about it as well. Yes, yes, we go on to do that. So yes, check out the other episodes. Thank you very much. From behalf of myself and Morgan, Clive Richards, Sapnin! Sapnin! Clive and direct. You're listening to Savlin' Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else to do with podcasts. Um, Thank you very much.